In Torquay, where we used to live, we had the uh, unfortunate privilege of living just opposite the all-you-can-eat Chinese. I say unfortunate privilege because uh, I, I really like Chinese food. I mean, I pretty much like anything that you can take away that someone else cooks for you and you can bring home and it's hot and you can eat it. There's, this seems just to me to be a, a marvellous invention. But to go there and uh, to have all that you can eat laid out for you and to have no, no capacity or ability to stop and withhold what goes on your plate... Um, is both a blessing but also slightly troubling. I, I, I mean, when I was growing up, my, uh, I don't know whether, whether you were aware of this little company, but there was a company called Garfunkel's. I believe they still might be in business. Uh, they used to do the most extraordinary salad bar. And I remember being taken there by my dad just after I'd moved to London and uh, him demonstrating how you could take their small kind of puny little bowl uh, that they would give you to collect the salad in and how you could stack lettuce leaves around the edge in order to get more of the free salad where you could go and get as much as you wanted anyway. I mean, I, I think the only benefit was that it reduced the amount of exercise between your table and the salad bar. All-you-can-eat uh, Chinese ha- has got a number of problems, but, but you, I mean, if you haven't got this as a strategy, then maybe you might want to adopt this. Uh, what I've learned is the strategy is to have, uh, to have groups of courses. So, you know, this is quite important in order to be able to get your full money's worth. So, you, you know, you have, you have a, 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 a black bean and, bre- and beef course. Uh, you have a fish course. Uh, and you, you very specifically hold off the carbohydrate until, you know, right towards the end. Um, and then in the morning, or about three o'clock in the morning, you end up with the post-Chinese all-you-can-eat twitch from the monosodium glutamate or whatever they put in it. It's possible to be too full and too full of the wrong sort of things. We live in a culture where the potential for overeating physical food is extraordinary at the same time, and what a contradiction of promoting health and well-being and being the perfect physical size. I mean, the two things don't quite go hand in hand, do they? But it's not just about food. It's about our minds. And there is on tap for us in this day and age an endless stream of information. Unfiltered and all we can eat. But what we need is not more information. Actually, what we need is more revelation. You see, the current set of phrases that mark out what's going on in our culture begin with the phrase, I am. I am who I say I am. I am 
the kind of person that can do anything with anyone. And it doesn't matter. It's all centered around me. And getting what I want for me and defining myself in my terms. But this is not our foundation. You see, the I am of scripture is very different. It no longer puts us at the center, but puts God at the center. Puts us in the place of those who have been created and worship in response to him. The great I am says that we are not the center of the world, but instead says, love the Lord your God. The great I am says that we're to look beyond ourselves and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so we come to this conversation that Jesus is having uh, with the crowd He's just fed the 5,000, so bread is the talk of the day. This is the person who can solve all the problems in front of us. This is the one who will provide. And so there's this conversation going on about bread. But the problem is, the people are looking at their stomachs. And God is looking at their heart and their eternal destiny. Will you provide for us like uh, we had provision in the old days with manna in the wilderness? And Jesus says, yes. Father God will provide. But the kind of provision is going to be a history-transforming, life-changing event where bread comes from heaven and is broken for us so that we can have life. Bread, in biblical terms, is to talk about the very essence of who God is. The bread of the temple uh, was put at the entrance to the temple as you were going in so that the, the entrance was filled with the smell of bread. One try, one loaf for each of the tribes of Israel. But then God comes in person, the person of Jesus, and says, I am the bread of life. And later in John's Gospel, his bread is broken, his body is broken, so that we can have life. And so my question for you this morning is, what are you feeding on? It might be that you haven't got um, five or six different social media accounts. Maybe you have. It might be that your daily diet is The Telegraph or BBC News. Or if you're a teacher, maybe you still take The Times Education Supplement. Is that still published? I don't know. Probably is. These things go on for hundreds of years. And I wonder whether you've ever stopped to think about the messages 
that you're hearing each day, the diet that you are taking on. You see, our news is increasingly fear-based and me-based. Increasingly fear-based and me-based. And when we have that as our daily diet and we don't filter it, what we're doing is what Jesus talks about in verse 27. We're working for food that spoils. We're filling our minds with things that ultimately are going to be unhelpful because they will chip, chip, chip away at the image of who God is and the image of who God has made us to be. But you see, we do have a choice. I'm not saying, by the way, that we shouldn't read the news and we should be shut off. I am saying, however, that I think with all of the different media options that are available, we do need to think about what we're reading and watching. How can we feed ourselves and feed ourselves in healthy ways? Well, we talked at the beginning of September about the way, about this uh, journey, about being a church on the way. And uh, then I talked about these five habits to pray, to read, to join, commit and to give. You know, we're going to keep on coming back to these just as the basics of what it means to be following. I wonder for you specifically what's in your toolkit. You know, I've got a, I've got a number of things that, that I do that I know that if I'm struggling particularly, these are the things that are gonna help. What are your go-to places? You know, I know for me, if I'm struggling, Psalm, Psalm 139 or anything in Ephesians is just gonna lift my spirits. That's where I go. What I go to is a couple of playlists that I've got that are full of worship. And what a, what a gift worship is. To lift our souls, lift our spirits so that we can see the King of Kings again. And that's one of the wonderful things that Pam has been leading us in over 33, 33 years in this place. Helping us to worship and when we worship together what we can do is take those things back to our homes to our places of work so that we can have our spirits lifted there too this is not just about singing words it's about declaring truth and allowing ourselves to enter into again the very presence of God. I don't know whether you've ever reflected on Psalm 23. You know, it's most often used at funeral services, so quite often we associate it with, uh, with those times of trouble and distress in our lives. But you know, it is full of riches, and there's this one line right in the middle which I love. You prepare a banquet before me. In the presence of my enemies. The idea is, is that the war is over. The battle is done. 
and around the room in this banqueting hall are all the enemies watching on. They've been laid captive. And in the middle is a banqueting table that has been laid out for a feast. And the great news is, because of Jesus, every single person is invited to the banqueting table to feast with him. So I wonder, I wonder what's on your table. I wonder what's on your table. You see what, what the Father puts on the banqueting table for us is so life changing that actually we'd be foolish not to be taking it up. Anything else that the world offers simply does not compare. Let me highlight five of them for you and very conveniently they match up with the five habits. (laughs) It's funny that, isn't it? It's what happens when you write the vision stuff and then preach for a few weeks after it as well. The first one is this. That because Jesus has come in person the bread of life and had his body broken, he's made the way back to the Father for us. That is what is on the table. That we can reconnect with the King of all creation, the one through whom and for whom everything has been made. And he leads us back to the Father. And folks, if there are things that in, that get in the way for you, maybe you look at the world and you think, hey, you know what, I, I'm just not sure that it's been made by God. I'm just not sure that he's been involved. Folks, have another look at the things that you might well be holding on to. There are some new scientific disciplines that are starting to talk to them. One is this, that the mathematicians are starting to talk to the evolutionists. And what the mathematicians are feeding back is, folks, you've got your numbers wrong. It is not possible. It does not work. The universe is not old enough. You know what? I know someone who's made it. Do you? There's a route back to him, and it's in Jesus. What else is on the table? What is on the table is having a renewed mind. Not a mind that is torn this way and that way with who can I sleep with and who am I, but knowing who we are because of Jesus Christ. And we read about him in the Word of God. We've got massive issues in our culture with mental health. And you know, counselling's great. All that other stuff is brilliant and highly recommended if you're really struggling. But you know what? The Holy Spirit wants to renew our minds with the Word of God. And I think we'd all be a lot healthier if that's what happened. Next one, a shared journey. To actually join with a small group of other people and connect with them deeply. 
You know, our society is so separated and disconnected. A new community, a church family that has got all ages of people and people from every background in it. That we're connected to one another because of Jesus. And a renewed purpose that we can live beyond ourselves. And so my question this morning is this. What will you feed your soul? Are you satisfied with what you're feeding yourself? Or do you need to come again to the living God and allow him to direct your paths and to prepare a banquet before you so that you can live well?